0: Holman, how you doing? It's another episode of the Truck Show Podcast. Presented by Nissan. Uh, yeah, well, yes. <laughs> Don't forget I, I that. Mean, I mean, you are pointing at me as <laughs> if I was going to go with that, but you were saying it as you were pointing <laughs> at me, so I, I was like, yeah, let's talk about <laughs> Nissan for sure. I mean, we have to start off the show, every show, talking about Nissan because they're our proud sponsor. Absolutely. Uh, sorry, partner. Our partner. Our partner. We're, that's right. They're a partner. Now, are we are we partners like life partners with them? Uh, we're midterm partners because mid-term we're, partners. we're together for a year. Okay, interesting.
1: <laughs> at least for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. It feels good. Yeah. So I feel warm. Now, can we <laughs> snuggle with Nissan? We can, and at the end of that, we can decide if we want to continue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Now, is is Nissan blonde or brunette?
1: Nissan can be whatever you want it to be. In fact, I had a red Nissan Titan, says so does that make it,
0: make Nissan a redhead? I feel like Nissan is a brunette, because the blonde sometimes um they don't have to develop personalities if they're super 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 hot, you know what I mean the brunette she's she's striking and she's really intelligent and the more you get to know her you're like, wow, there's a lot going on. I, I feel could, like Nissan is the brunette. I could say something else but my wife is brunette,
1: so I'm gonna go with that <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> hey, did you know that uh, that Nissan offers the uh, longest
0: warranty in the business five year hundred thousand mile on the new Nissan Titan I I knew it from our last podcast, but it didn't really sink in, and I don't think it's sunk in with our our listeners either, because you know you're used to three thirty six, right? Three years. Th- yep. I mean, that's kind of the industry the average, right? Yep. Right? If they come along and and shoot it all the hell with five, you know, five freaking years, five years, hundred thousand mile. Right. That is smoking. I mean.
1: Not only two years. bumper-to-bumper, bumper, right? Uh, full bumper-to-bumper. Bumper. Yeah, it's, not just drivetrain, but yeah. full bumper-to-bumper bumper warranty. Also, the Titan has a bunch of cool features that allow you to tow on your own. So there's a lot of people out there who what are- What do you mean? What do you mean? Solo towers, own? right? I mean, if if you're by yourself and you got to hook the trailer up by yourself and- yeah, do all those things it's always helpful when trailering to have a friend who can help you guide you can never
0: yeah to get the, the tongue yeah. connected it's always a pain yeah. in the
1: ass well their rear camera is set up to help you back it up to the hitch if you notice the, the lines on the camera they don't obscure the hitch when you are ready to hit the trailer I, you know,
0: that's weird that you say that because I noticed that but it didn't really make sense yeah. at the so time some, some I manufacturers
1: wasn't... have those center lines all the way down on the bottom of the screen but what it does is it obscures where your ball is as you're trying to guide it into the hitch Nissan leaves you a space so you can still you can see up. your balls you can still see where your ball is <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then also they've got the uh the cool trailer light check have you heard about
0: that the trailer light check
1: yeah so it lets you uh click the lock button twice and hold it down it actually cycles through all of your vehicle lights
0: your lights your blinkers your oh brake lights. yeah 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 so you can do the yeah your trailer lights yeah, so yeah that was outside I did, yes. yes and i was dying to try that i didn't have a boat to pull or anything at the time that i had <laughs> that i was borrowing the titan but that is a really unique idea because you know I was doing this not long ago with my truck and I had to get my my 13-year-old kid sitting in there and press the brake light. Left signal, right Right signal. signal. (laughs) Just, oh God, there's got to be a better way to do this and so Nissan built that in so you can be a one-man show. One-man show. Push the button, walk to the back of the trailer and it cycles all the way through you know exactly what's working and what's not. And it also
1: has the intelligent around-view monitor which is a full- 360-degree view of the truck. I call that camera. the God view, but some yeah, people yeah. don't really
0: like that. <laughs> well, you know, I like it. It's it, awesome, though, it's right? God looking down at you. Isn't yeah. it weird how that works? But I don't get how they can see the top of the camera, the, the truck, because there's no camera <laughs> well, above so you. Well, so the graph, the,
1: the, the truck is a graphic, right? in, in the black hole, and then you have cameras. It's in your It's not mirrors a graphic. Camera-
0: it's the it's your truck. <laughs> it's
1: like the same color. as well, looks and everything. Like,
0: yeah. Well, it knows what color it is. It's cool. It's almost creepy. Yeah, you're like because you look at it and then you go, wait a minute. You peek your head out the the yeah. The sunroof, and you're like, there's no one up there. Well, the
1: cool thing, too, is if you're pulling up to a parking spot where there's a pole, an obstacle off-road, you hit the front camera, and you can watch it in the-, uh, in, in, the, the in the God view? In, right. In the God view, or just the front camera view, which is pretty cool. Right. So these
0: are all options on the Titan. Yeah, most of them are standard. So What? Uh, <laughs> what? A lot of value with Let that me try camera. it again. What? Does it sink in if I go higher? What? <laughs> no, but
1: what makes me want to turn my trouble down. <laughs> with that being said, let's hit the show. What?
0: The Truck Show. We're gonna show you what we know. We're gonna answer what the truck, cause truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel. Truck Show, oh, oh. It's the Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Hey, that's us. That is us. I feel like standing, you know? You are standing. I know, but I mean, I was sitting and I feel like, eh, nah, nah, I need to stand. I have too much energy for this Truck Show podcast. Oh, <laughs> well, have funny. We have great guests. We've got uh, Brad, Sh- is it is it Schreiber? Brad Schreiber. Brad Schreiber. Yes. Okay, so he's a uh, muckety-muck at Chevy and he's in charge of the sh- the uh, the Colorado ZR2 yep. which it yeah, and I saw yours outside come yeah. on dude come this on this is going to be a that. Colorado podcast come on with the come on yeah you we know? got we got all sorts of stuff to talk about and then we're checking in with uh Jordan who was the founder of Daytona Truck Meet now we talked to Jordan beforehand he's yep. like oh man I'm going to do all these trucks we're going to have uh, this many spectators and this many trucks and and we're like we hope you do. Yeah, good luck, dude. And you know what? He did. Yeah. So let's let's and find out just how
1: awesome. Detroit. And by the way,
0: that turned into something that I don't think you even know about. Like he now is. Well, we'll get to it. It's, kind, right. of, it's kind of it's kind of interesting how it's how it's morphed this whole thing. It was just yeah. like it was, just, it was a dude on the beach in you know in Florida, and it just it turned into something Honestly, special. I just want to know how many people went to jail. Because <laughs> we we're talking I about. I don't, don't last have that statistic. Right. Yeah. Right. Are we going to uh, Holman are we going to start using IGTV Instagram TV that was launched like this week?
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan because it's
0: vertical video. I feel like we have to Well, we'll try
1: it. We'll try it. So at Truck Show Podcast, check out our vertical IGTV, but I mean, oh,
0: here's dude. the thing. We you don't know this about Holman and myself, Lightning, that we hate vertical video and we hate oh, Snapchat that's because so of bad. It. I get it. So if you're if you're 13 You've always known vertical video. Yeah, it's wrong. But if you're our age, or I, does you, you're like no, I have an eye on each side of my face, <laughs> so I see horizontally, yes. right? You've got a peripheral vision, and so naturally, a uh, you know a wide screen makes sense, right? Let me put it this that's way: that's why movies are widescreen,
1: right? So Everything those, is widescreen. Those people at work who have that tall skinny monitor so they can read documents, it just it's still not okay, right? It's, no, it's not. We'll okay. know that the shark has been jumped. When in about twenty years, movie theaters have vertical screens in front of you and monitors, and you hang your TV, you know, at a ninety-degree angle to how they hang it today. And I'm just not okay.
0: I'm not. I'm not okay. But we are going to give. We have to try it. We got yeah, Instagram TV. If you guys, if you're hearing this and you don't know what we're talking about. Uh, you you'll know about it soon yeah, because instagram, every instagrammer you know is is going to jump on yeah. this thing right here's what it is it's long form video so instagram it facebook is is doing everything they can to disassemble youtube
2: right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. their that's their True.
0: so they're going after they do everything that snapchat is doing trying to disassemble them and then take youtube down at their knees and I'm not saying that they will, but they, man, they're they're throwing a lot of money at it. Yeah, That's they damn are. Sure. Yeah, they are. I'm. They just, video. I don't
1: know that I can get behind it, but we'll so try. So it.
0: it's not truck related, but we're talking about that. And um, and so something else I wanted to get to real quick before we jump into the uh, the truck content. Um, Google Podcast app is like a thing now. So you yeah. guys have been largely listening through iTunes, uh, through Apple, you know, the Apple app, the yeah. podcast app on, on your, your Apple phone, phone, right, yeah. or Spotify, Stitcher whatever. But now uh, Google just launched their podcast app, and we'd love you to use that app if you're on Android, For those of of you who
1: are in the Google ecosystem or have an Android phone, you now have the ability to actually have the... You don't have to search through the music store to find the podcast. It'll now be easily found in the podcast app. So please check it out and uh, give us a five-star rating on the Google platform, just like you guys have on the Apple platform. We really appreciate it. And then the other thing is, uh, dude... I just got back from a road trip. I
0: know with your daughter yeah.
1: and you, Detroit, right uh, over Father's Day weekend. So uh, Chevy uh, called me up and said, "Hey, we have a truck that needs to get out to the West Coast." And who, who calls you up, by the way? You say Chevy called you up. Chevy, hello, this is Chevy. You, absolutely, <laughs> somebody calls and says, uh,
0: <laughs> "Please hold for Chevy." Who
1: is it? I'm I can't serious. tell you. No, this is this what is, is top secret.
0: Can't? No, you you. It's a PR person, right? Sorry, I'm adjusting my microphone. I had to sit down. Because you're sitting down. You I don't like want to like a hunchback like anymore. A yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how long are you going to stand like a hunchback? So anyway, yeah. So just got
1: back from a road trip. So Chevy called and uh, said, hey, we have a truck that needs to come out. So uh, it was my daughter's last day of school. She got out. And so the day after, we headed to Detroit, and we drove a Colorado Red Line Edition, a gas truck, all the way back to the West Coast. We did uh,
0: the Red Line Edition. Is literally just that. It has a red line <laughs> down, a, a yeah. small stripe. Like, like a, a half-inch stripe, double stripe on the wheels. Double stripe? Okay, it's on kind of like a mountain bike
1: where the wheels are black, but they have red stripes on them, which is kind of cool. The logos are like a, a three-tier logo where it's uh, red is mixed into the colors. It's basically a mid-level trim that's been gussied up with a black grille and some fancy, more you know, sporty, stylish that's got 18-inch wheels on it. Ours was a 4x4.
0: And you got the bow tie that lights up in the middle of the grill. You
1: can. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so uh, our ZR2 that's out there, we... Uh, we went ahead and got the, uh, the bow tie that lights up. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty so, cool. So totally gratuitous and unnecessary. You guys have seen like the awesome.
0: Mercedes, that uh, the Mercedes emblem on, you know, on some of the models. It, it glows at night, and this does the same thing. It's pretty bright. Yeah. It's actually Dude. really cool. It's super cool. So my daughter and
1: I covered in four days over Father's Day weekend 2,800 miles through 11 states. Wow. Full of road bookin, warrior book and yeah.
0: Did you see any um, any uh, roadside attractions? Oh yeah. So like, check this you, out. You didn't have time. No no no, really? no.
1: We did. We we started off in, in Detroit. We did 120
0: miles an hour. Oh dude, it was
1: it was. I was. I'm still loopy from the trip because I am tired right now. But. Uh, we slept in the car for a couple nights. Slept at a friend's house one night. Got a did hotel last night. Did you really sleep night. in the car? Yeah. You didn't sleep in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? My daughter,
0: Dad, can we sleep
1: in the car? So we pulled her to a truck stop. I'm like, all I need is like three good hours, and then we're back on the road. And that's what we did. Really? Yeah, we covered ground. So there's this little town. You didn't ask her to drive? I thought about it, but she's only 10. <laughs> so that might have been a problem. Um, but uh, what's really cool is is there we, was a time. There was a time. You could get away with that. You could get away with I, that. I remember, this is a true story. Uh, my grandfather used to have us on his lap. He would work the pedals. We'd work the steering wheel. And we'd drive around the neighborhood, Norwalk, California. And as you know, that's suburban L.A. That's yep. not like the country road or anything. My mom maybe found out about that about 10 years ago. And my grandpa had passed away You know, uh, quite a while ago, like 96 or 98. So he had been gone quite a while. And we were telling family stories. I'm like, oh, yeah, just like when grandpa used to let us drive. And my mom whips her head around and goes, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> my wife was 13 in Lake Havasu City. And her mother, I, I don't know if she had too many drinks or whatnot, <laughs> but she says, we need to go. We need to go back to L.A. Oh, my God. And gosh. she said, let's go. So my wife, at like 13 and a half well, years old, well, what was she drove driving? from Havasu. What uh, was it? You know? he was like a Toyota Corolla or something.
1: Okay, so pretty easy to drive.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. Just go in a straight line. Just
1: just wake me up and stay, now stay she said speech. she
0: said her mom slept like most of the journey. Wow. You know, you're talking, what's that, five hours? So she was drunk. I, <laughs> I, I guess maybe. drive for the maybe. first time.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, so we, we found all these great roadside attractions. One of this we found uh, – there's an app, and it's called Road Trippers. And so you put in your destination, and you plot your course, and then you can select what you want to see, whether it's like roadside oddities or museums or hiking or whatever, and it'll plot everything within like a five-mile band around the freeway that you can pull off on. So we found all sorts of cool stuff. There's a town in uh, Illinois called Casey, Illinois. And they are off, I guess, State Route 40 or something like that. Well, Interstate 70 is like two miles north of town. So I guess when Interstate 70 went through, it bypassed the town. And so they're thinking, well, how are we going to get people here?
0: It sounds like the movie Cars.
1: It sort of sounds like Cars, but it's in Illinois. Okay. So here's what's cool. They decided as a community that they were going to break a whole bunch of Guinness Book of World Records and that way, they could, you know, they would drive traffic into town. Tourists, as, right? So we look at the map. They had the world's largest mailbox. What? The world's largest birdcage. And how big was the mailbox? Giant. Could like, you get in it? Oh yeah, you could stand in it. And inside the mailbox was a mail slot. But <laughs> like you could actually put real mail in there. Uh, it was like four stories tall. What? Or three stories tall. Yeah. The world's largest rocking chair. The okay. world's largest pitchfork. The world's largest wind chime. So <laughs> world's largest wooden shoe. So my daughter and I stopped and took pictures. And they're in, you know, these cornfields. So she's never been to a cornfield. Go, Go stand in the cornfield and take a picture of you. So she went out. Got to stand in a cornfield. We went to this uh this little place on the side of the road um, that has a metal dragon that has, like, Sir Lancelot, you know, and the things, like. Six stories tall? Ah, maybe not that. Maybe it's like four stories tall. Anyway, you go to the liquor store across the street and buy these coins for like a dollar. You put it in, it breathes propane fire out. No <laughs> way. So we stopped. We stopped and did that. Um My daughter wanted to go see Four Corners, so she'd be in four states at once. So we did that. We went to the St. Louis Arch. We had Barbara-
0: in Four Corners. Did you buy any uh, jade Fra- jewelry? No, no, no. Or whatever no but they we, have there? we had fry
1: bread. Fry bread. Yeah, Navajo fry bread. Bread. So I don't
0: remember seeing that when I was yeah, there, yeah, only a so couple good. years ago. And then Nav-
1: Navajo Tacos.
0: And by the way, there's nothing out there. No, like, you're no, nowhere. Desolate and desolate yeah. and more desolate. And, and all of a sudden you go, whoa, here's a little sign that says Four Corners. And
1: by the way, it's not a U.S. monument. It's on Navajo land. And mm-hmm. so you
0: think, oh, this is like a national park. Nope.
1: nope. <laughs> it's a private deal that you pay to get in and they have this you know, nice facility and people stand in line, take pictures. So we did that whole thing. Uh, we took her to Moab to had, have milkshakes and burgers at Milts. Uh, she'd never been to Moab before. Uh, we went to Kansas City along the way, and we had um, Casey Joe's or whatever. That's a famous Joe's Casey barbecue. It's in a gas station, super somebody famous. somebody
0: screaming at you right now for not knowing. Yeah,
1: I know, I know. And it was it was pretty good, but I'm going to go ahead and save my briskets a little bit better. But mm. that's that's just that's just me. Yeah, so we, we went to all these cool places. And, and how was so. the, the ZR2 this whole time. So we weren't in a ZR2 coming out. We were in a red line. Oh, the red. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, red line. So it was a gas, gas red line with the uh, with a 3.6, 305 horsepower, and the 8-speed automatic. Mm-hmm. Here's what I was amazed at: that thing over the course of you know 2,800 miles got 21.27 miles per gallon. No kidding. And that's uphill, downhill. We fought a nasty headwind coming into California. I couldn't believe how fuel efficient that thing was. Um, Super comfortable, enough room for my daughter. Dude, and myself you, you and all felt like stuff. you had
0: enough power the whole time?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The passing power, that thing is geared to where if you need to pass at seventy, it gets up and goes. Mm. So I was really impressed. The uh, Colorado super tight chassis, no squeaks, no rattles. Um, not the quietest truck, but but not loud at all. Uh, has CarPlay in it and. All that stuff. This was a mid-level
0: trim, so it didn't have the cool. Very different than the RAM you had last time. Very different.
1: Yeah. Did, We're compl- very that different
0: noise cancellation. Yeah, We're that's like, like a whole other. That was weird. Yeah. yeah. That was weird. <laughs> I need some kind of noise. I think. Yeah.
1: No, it was cool. So we did that. Covered the ground. Had a great time. Uh, my daughter is turning 11 this summer. So I, I just I say this for all the dads out there. Turning 11 this summer. She's just you know ended f- her fifth grade year. She's going to junior high. She'll be going to sixth grade. In the last couple of years, I got remarried, my wife and I have a, 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 a baby girl that's uh, six months old. We bought a house. So a lot of crazy changes in our lives in the, in the last two years. I really just wanted to have this time for my daughter and I to bond together and um, you know we already have an amazing relationship and she's and you got back a... and she hates you now. No 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 she loves me <laughs> No, we have an amazing relationship. she's just such a great kid and uh, we had so much fun on this trip like I'm planning like where can I go and you know here's the thing that blows me away. If my wife and I are on a trip, she's like, I got to pee. And I'm like, dude, we can't keep stopping for that. You, you're like, no more water, no, no more tea, soda, whatever. My daughter, the 2,700 miles did not ask to pee once.
0: So it's whenever you stopped to we, eat or she something was like that. Yep.
1: She was the best road trip companion ever. And then, uh, oh, I know, outside of Moab. Now, who, who played DJ? Her, or you. Yeah, The rules are if you're driving, you have the radio. But okay. we like the same music, so. We, it's we, interesting so
0: because it. when I do it, the passenger has the radio. Yeah, but you're nice.
1: No, okay. <laughs> no, we, we, we like the same music, so we, we took turns. When she went to sleep, I would throw something that She's I wanted. She's in a death metal and ska? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we played some uh, some podcasts and whatnot. But one thing we saw outside of Moab, if anybody is, is in that part of the country, they have this new thing called Moab Giants. And Moab in that part of Utah is known for all their dinosaur tracks. So there's like this little museum-ish thing uh, that talks about all the dinosaur tracks and stuff in Moab. And there's like a mile hike you go on. And they have over 100 life-sized dinosaurs on this hike. And so you go through the you know, Jurassic period and you know, all these different periods, and it's the different dinosaurs that are life-sized. My daughter got a huge kick out of it taking pictures. There's the one where the T-Rex, you can take a picture where it's life-sized. The thing's huge. It's like 30, 40 feet tall. Right. Looks like it's chasing you and stuff like that. It's just awesome. So... Great trip, like and and shout out to uh, to our friends at Chevy for uh, for making that possible because that was such a such an epic trip uh, and just being able to bond with my daughter and yeah, that's the thing about trucks, man. Trucks, America, road trip. Uh, it's just all American. Everything that I love, what I was able to do in four days. Now I'm tired.
0: Yeah. But we were able to do it. Yeah, no, you came back, and you're like, leave me alone. (laughs) I'm like, can we record in several days from now? (laughs) So now we've got your ZR2 out here, and we've got Brad on the phone, and Brad Schreiber, who is got to look down and read my notes here. Hold on, let me move the microphone. Performance Variant Manager Midsize Trucks for Chevy. Hello? Brad, Lightning, and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, good, good. What's going on, my friend? Long time no see.
3: Exactly. It's good to talk to you again.
1: What? The last time I saw you, were we out in the middle of the Proving Grounds, or were we in the middle of Colorado driving Colorados? I can't remember.
3: Uh, almost a year ago now, in the middle of the Arizona desert.
0: Oh man, that was, that was an awesome trip. Don't jump in and tell your stories just yet here. First, yeah, yeah. I want to let everybody know that we've got Brad Schreiber on the phone. He's the Performance Variant Manager for mid-sized trucks at Chevy. And before you can say anything more, Brad, we have to play your intro. The truck show, the
3: truck show, the truck show. Vroom, vroom,
2: the truck show,
3: the truck show. It's
2: time for the inside job. The inside,
0: the inside, the inside job. about because we're going to talk to Brad about the, how things working work work. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Brad. Everybody gets an intro. Yeah, and, you, you know, you, that's
1: probably the best intro you've ever had and probably the worst all at the same time, right?
3: It, it is certainly the most unique. So it's, very, it's
1: very like
0: 1988 Joy Division if you're into uh, old alternative rock right there. And, and lucky for you, you got the short version, so uh, that's how much we like it. Yeah, you. I know we
1: had to edit it down. We had some complaints. It just went on too long. <laughs> so a year ago, we were out in the uh, in the middle of the desert driving Colorado ZR2s, and funny thing, I just uh, had delivered on Monday our long term Chevy Colorado ZR2 for winning the 2018 Four Wheeler Pickup Truck of the Year award. So our long term is sitting outside the studio right now, and it's a
0: butte. I might add. Awesome.
3: Well, I, I think it. Uh, congratulations in both directions, right? Uh, <laughs> right? Happy to hear that you've got one of our trucks, and uh, I'd like to say on behalf of the entire team, thank you for bestowing that award upon us. It was an honor, and it was one that we were certainly gunning for.
1: Well, you know, it's one of those things where you, when you hear that a manufacturer is is working on an off-road truck and we're so used to the aftermarket and, and where the level of capability can be, when when we hear those things, we, we're always a, a little bit, you know, suspect of it. Oh, how good is it going to be, and, and what's it really going to be about, and is it really going to stand up to you know what we want from an off-road truck and you guys nailed it on the head in just about every category and it, it wasn't even that close of a, of a competition this thing is
0: badass brad how did it start take us back if you will to beginning to the beginning of this program
3: so you may recall back in november 2014 we brought the Colorado ZR2 concept to LA. Yeah, and it stopped the
1: show there. If you guys remember, it's the green one that had the King Shocks on it, and it was everybody at the show, that was one of the coolest truck things at Los Angeles that year.
3: Exactly, and uh, this was literally on the heels of us just launching the brand new Colorado. It had basically been in the marketplace for a matter of months. When that truck went there, I can honestly tell you, it was a concept. It was not one of these wink, wink, hey, we're going to tease folks and then try to surprise them down the road. <laughs> we had made a couple of runs at it, I'll be honest. And for one reason or another, we were told to go back and, and mind our own business, concentrate on the official plan or record. And it was the public reaction to that truck.
1: And hopefully the magazine guys, because we were drooling all (laughs) over that thing. No, it was
0: collectively, right? Absolutely.
3: So it was the enthusiasm that it received that ignited the enthusiasm within our management. And even though we had made a run at him a few times... Suddenly they're coming at us and they're saying, do it, do it now, do it as fast as you can.
0: What, Brad, what form did that uh, kind of that hoopla take? Meaning was it social media? Was it you're at the show and everyone is just, I can't believe this. You guys are going to build this, right? You're going to build this, right? Or like what is, what shape does that take and how does it feel being on the receiving end of of that kind of like mania?
3: It it was All of the above as far as the the forms and channels of feedback. So, I mean, keep this in mind going forward. When you guys see something and you want it, it doesn't matter how you do it. it. It started right there on the show floor with people approaching Mark Royce and the rest of the executive team that were in L.A., just being inundated with this truck that should have been sort of an interest little glitzy sideshow to the production vehicles on the floor and they could not get the conversation away from the concept truck and it it's followed it with the facebook and the tweets the emails the forums lit up the dealer's so, at
1: your door with pitchforks and torches <laughs> saying,
3: We want this thing. <laughs> ah, there's an angry mob outside. <laughs> Quick, what are with. we going to do? What are we going <laughs> to feed them with? Exactly. <laughs> you think about it, GM has a great track record over the last two decades of putting out some kick ass high performance cars. They've been created under a, a series of different names and organizations, but. We're talking the V Series cars. We're talking the SS, the Z28, the One LE Camaros, the GXP Pontiacs.
1: I, real quick, Brad. I think it, what's important about that for anybody who's listening goes, I, I don't care about the cars. Is that the precedence had already been set within the organization? on how you would pursue doing this, even though it had been on the car side, but you guys had to translate it
0: into the truck side of the business. By the way, and, and you can't just say, we don't care about the cars. Like yeah, you know, I know, those, no, no, of course just, I do. I he, do. Just, he just rattled off a ton of really cool cars that oh, I would no, have I, 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 I,
3: I care about the cars. <laughs> I'm just saying, Truck Show Podcast, <laughs> yeah, there's somebody true. going in yeah, their cars, right. good, whatever. Good point, good point. <laughs> you picked up on exactly where I was going. So management that has an understanding, a familiarity with those vehicles to see the same sort of enthusiast reaction come out of the woodwork for a truck now, they're going, gee, maybe there's something over here that we've been overlooking. You know, we're killing it with truck sales, but there's obviously a performance niche that is hungry, and the, the Raptor certainly was the first to – tap into that one and it, it made it a no-brainer decision that hey we've got to make this thing go
1: well and you, you guys sort of did something a little bit different everybody expected well maybe it'll be a quote-unquote raptor fighter but the raptor is very expensive it's very very good at what it does it's a very good truck but it's also at the top of the market where the average person isn't necessarily going to be able to afford
0: it yeah it's definitely not accessible for everyone
1: yeah and and what you know you guys basically went into a space that only had tacoma where they had recently introduced the, the Baja TX and then the TRD Pro and sort of ate Toyota's lunch and, and beat them at their own game with the features that the Colorado has on it.
3: Yeah, so when we got the green light, it was literally a, a handful, half a dozen of us that were charged with creating this from the ground up. Okay, we have a concept. What can we carry over from that? What just doesn't work from a manufacturing architectural standpoint? And we started with the mantra. We're going to build the ultimate trail truck. It sounds like a great mission statement, but anybody. It's a pretty, it's a
0: pretty lofty goal, by the way.
3: And and it's so vague when you really think about it. it. It's great to sort of keep management at bay until they go back and, and stew on it for a bit, but. We we did that intentionally and it wasn't to buy ourselves time, but it was sort of a jumping off point. It's a thought starter. You asked 20 different people from 20 different places around the country. What is a trail truck to you? And you're going to hear mud. You're going to hear 2 track. You're going to hear sand, rocks, the whole gamut. Right. And that's what the truck morphed into. It, we we kind of started, you know, we started with the giant idea board, the whiteboard, and what does it take to succeed at this and that and this and that, and started basically paring down a component set that this truck needs. And, and from that, it sort of inspired us, okay, we've got to have technical specs. What is this truck going to do? How is it going to perform differently?
1: And then you and needed a a place to test it, right? I mean, you guys, yes. the the company was so behind this effort. I want people who are listening to the podcast to really understand how the ZR2 unfolded because it wasn't just a performance model that six of you decided that what it, it's going to be this and then you went off and did it. It's much more than that. They actually put an investment behind the R&D
0: uh, and, and the facility. A lot of these things do get, you know, started with like skunkworks, right? Yeah. They never really know if they're gonna get launched and so they don't put a whole lot of money behind it. Right. Right. And this seems very, very different. But if you're if you're a car company and you're and you're doling out performance
1: variants, you're on the track. What do you do when you have a truck? And and Brad will tell you that's where Suaro came in, and I think that's a really cool story. That's an adjunct to the Z R two story.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean you can't tell one without the other at this point. So, yeah, we, we actually had our first running, call it mule truck, early prototype. And we quickly ran out of places to exercise it in our usual proven ground setting. I and, was and running plus, the, and,
0: and and you've got photographers like guys who work with guys who work for Sean that are trying to get your photos everywhere, hanging out of yeah. trees, yeah. right, popping out of you know, like uh, molehills. Wh-
1: which is which is why Suaro is such an important part of the story because it's on their proving grounds, and their proving grounds <clears> are on a U.S. Army base. <laughs> so so it kind of ruins the drone and the sneaking in thing. And GM yeah. was very smart by leasing a corner of uh, of the Army's uh, Yuma facility to keep uh, keep all the prying eyes at bay, if you will.
3: You're exactly right. So I mean we we went out and we did some initial tests at a couple of well-known public venues and we strategically showed up when there wasn't a soul around in the middle of the week, off-season places like Akateel Wells and Johnson Valley and we got some preliminary tuning done, but it's just so remote. And when you're dealing with a one-of-one truck, you need to have your repair facilities close at hand because Things happen. Things break. And that is why we have proving grounds. So were you,
0: when, when Brad, when you were rolling out to Ocotillo Wells, which is in Southern California here, were you, were you going out there with a full big rig, like a stacker, like you'd see, you know, like a full race support system, or was it just eight dudes with, uh, you know, with a, a craftsman toolbox?
3: It, it was it was closer to the latter. It was pretty low profile, <laughs> you know. You've got a one ton with an enclosed car hauler that's not going to draw attention. Who's got you the crescent wrench?
1: <laughs> well, you, yeah. b- you basically look like you're supporting what, like a race team or something, and you're just doing exactly. tuning, right?
3: Very much, you know, a, sort of look like the grassroots buddies that are trying to build something for Baja.
1: And, and people running. who people who aren't from SoCal and and know the desert off road scene here don't understand that when you drive up the 15 Freeway to Barstow at Outlet Center Drive or Hodge Road or you go to Johnson Valley off Old Woman Springs or Bessemer or Ocotillo Wells or any of those places... There's always a plain white trailer with some privateers out there testing, as well as some helicopters and big teams. And it's just a normal part of the desert r- landscape, That's right? And,
0: and as long day. as you're wearing long dickies, black, black shoes, socks. And a, black socks, <laughs> and a flat bill hat, they're like, eh, "It's just and another bro." Exactly.
3: <laughs> so from that, we we were making note of not just the truck's performance, but literally measuring the terrain. We were we were basically getting out our uh, tape measures and. Setting up levels and trying to figure out, OK, how large are these whoops and what's the frequency? And we started laying out a, a, a map of these are the primary types of events that you need to start developing a truck for high speed desert running.
0: Did you call any of the guys who do, you know, score or maybe even like the Supercross guys, Dirtworks, who build those jumps and stuff or you, it was all internal?
3: This this was all internal, and honestly, a lot of the credit goes to Brian Cadella that continues to work with us to this day, an experienced off-roader with a wealth of knowledge. He's worked with race teams. He's worked with the military. He's worked with GM even before, and uh, yeah, he, he was you basically— might re- you
1: might know his name from light racing, Jounce Shocks. He was there forever, and uh, the guys at General Motors hired him as a consultant in order to get this truck right, so Brian's yes. feedback— to the engine, it basically gave guys like Brad sort of an outside voice outside the fishbowl that was still internal, if you will. So they're not pinging journalists who may you know, let something out of the bag. They're pinging somebody they have under contract, but is a reliable, incredible source for them to bounce the ideas and make sure they get the the vehicle right.
3: Brian was uh, extremely valuable, not only as a surveyor, but as you said, he was the independent third party. When management may think that we've lost our minds, we're asking for too much, it can kind of chime and say, no, this is pretty much the bare minimum you need for a a true off-road truck and validate.
0: What's interesting because, you know, we're like, you talk about a, you know, a high performance, like a Porsche or these guys all have their own tracks. Is it because off-road in this area has been, um, I don't know, the redheaded stepchild for so long, meaning... They just didn't have the funds to to go out and build a track for off road. Are there any other well, I think, proving grounds. Yeah, I mean, there, there?
1: There's other proving grounds, uh, or there are people who will they'll rent out part of the desert for a set course that they have. Other companies, but they, but but Brad built his own. Is right. what I'm saying. No, right. and, it, and it's it's awesome. And for
0: I, one truck, r- mind well, you.
1: And and from my understanding, and, and maybe Brad can speak to this or, or or can't. But my understanding is that once people figured out that this truck was out there testing that track, which was made specifically for Colorado's ZR2 and nothing else, is being used by other programs within the company, wink, wink.
3: Others have certainly taken notice. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. So you're right. I mean, we have every every OEM has some sort of a course and you rent them. I, obviously, it's a little different in the off-road world. Typically, the race events, the the weekends with your buddies, you're on public land nine times out of ten. So you're always exposed in that regard. And we said, look, we have this unused piece of the proving grounds outside of Yuma. It's got the natural terrain just by the fact that it is in the middle of the desert. And geographically, we rolled a set of snake eyes. I mean, this has packed dirt, gravel, sand, both super coarse and wet the finest dustiest stuff you can imagine all in like what is it
1: three miles or something i can't remember what's the length
3: so the total course is six miles miles. but this is all within probably a a mile and a half square so I,
1: i might be the one of the only journalists the only journalist i've actually driven suaro in prototypes and it's a freaking blast. Like, if yes. I had a house in Yuma and that was my backyard, I would just r- drive everything on it. So there
0: are, I'm trying to, for our listeners, they're trying to picture what does this look like. Is there fast sections, yes. slow sections, yes. rocky yes. sections? So you're going you're going 75, full throttle on, on one section, and then you hit full brakes and you're going if, up if you rock go, sideways. If you go to fourwheeler.com mm-hmm.
1: and search for Suaro Trail. How do you spell that? Uh, S-A-G-U-R-A-O? U- U-A-R-O. <laughs> U-A-R-O. Just like, okay. Just like the cactus. You're the cactus, right? Okay, got okay. it. So uh, we have a ton of video from when we were there with the prototype trucks. and I'll tell you, so I was in one of them, one of the ones that had some of the GM performance part prototypes on it, and I was riding with Brian Cadella. And we're going through, there's this long, like, it's probably, you know, football field or more long of whoops, and there's different frequency and, and height, and there's a couple different ways you can take through this field. And there's this one off, you know, off to the side where you drop down, and there's a berm. And at the top of the berm were a bunch of orange cones that, so that you would exit early. And I'm in the ZR2 with uh, Brian. He goes, just go straight, just go straight. I go, there's cones. He goes, I don't care. They're not supposed to be there. I'm like, what? So, I mean, we're going like 55, 60 miles an hour. We hit this berm. Air the truck out, you launch. Oh, like feet off the ground. Oh, no! And it was awesome. Oh. We're like, we're like cheering <laughs> when we landed. And I'm like, can't believe that GM let me air out a truck off a berm in the middle of their proving That's grounds. So rad, awesome.
0: Brad, what when you first brought the truck out, whether it's Acatia or the proving grounds, what are some of the first things that you know not not flaws, but as you're developing this, what things became instantly evident that you needed to enhance or change on the Colorado Zero Two?
3: So my role at that point, I was the the chassis engineer, the ride and handling engineer. So it, it's getting the basic building blocks: your spring rates properly balanced front to rear, and the the damping in the proper velocity ranges that you need. And the thing you have to keep in mind, the one thing we haven't mentioned so far are the Multimatic dampers that oh no this we're truck. we're getting there we're <laughs> oh, getting yeah. there completely unique so trying to get those sorted out and i mean it drove home everything that we have been told and read and researched you know whether it's your approach angle your wheel travel tire size how much all of that matters and the reality is you never have too much right and the, the thing that is, is difficult to grasp about off-road driving, it's not like going to the track. I, I have track driving credentials. I've been trained by General Motors. When you exceed the limit, you run out of track, right? The, <laughs> the tires tell you it's very clear, and it's different off-road. You can easily overdrive, not realize it until it's too late, and you you've destroyed the truck and probably hurt yourself in the yep. process. So it's learning to to read the terrain, to know the limits of your vehicle, and keep those in check. I'd like to
1: talk about uh, a couple things. One is what makes it the halo for not only the Colorado lineup, but in the midsize market. And I, I think there's a ton of things that are on this vehicle. But some of it, I think we would be remiss if we didn't tell a little bit of the story that there were lessons learned, for those of you who remember the Hummer H3. And there were lessons learned on that platform and that truck that that through engineering teams and people that transferred to ZR2 to make ZR2 as good as it is. What type
0: of lessons? What do you mean?
1: For instance, front locker. There, there is no other midsize truck with a front locker. Um, H3 Alpha had that back in 05, 06 before the brand went away. Uh, the only thing that has a front locker today, a true front locker, is a Rubicon Wrangler and a Ram Power Wagon. That's it. So you're offering a tremendous amount of capability by adding that front locker. Even a Raptor has a and helical limited slip in the front,
0: not a locker. Why do you suppose that they the others don't? I mean, obviously it seems like a kind of a no-brainer. It's all for about for Brad the team to do that, but it's just cost. Yeah, it's all about cost and it's what what the consumers want or what they think the usage
1: case is. And and Brad, maybe you can talk us through What made you guys decide a front locker is absolutely necessary on this midsize truck when when nobody else in the class has it?
3: So it goes back to that ultimate trail truck, right? And if you really wanna try to span the market as much as you can, the, the performance car analogy is you have drag racing on one end and you have road racing on the other. It's very different formula set of hardware to excel at one versus the other. It's the same in the truck world Where you have rock crawling and desert running and as i said as we started laying out the the concept the performance specs what do we want this truck to be able to do what is the hardware necessary to do it when you start talking about the low speed rock crawling aspect it's all about ground clearance traction and underbody protection and what gives you a better advantage from a traction standpoint than having a locker not only rear but front as well so as sean said we have folks that have been supporting the program all along that are seasoned veteran hummer engineers and they can finally come out of the shadow <laughs> that yeah, that's right they we we just jumped to the punch uh, you know where the h3 Left off, you know, they finally got the ultimate recipe before the brand met its yeah. demise. The and last years
1: of, that... of the H3 and the H3T Alpha were the, by far the
3: best. Absolutely. They're... I
0: wonder, I, I feel like people just don't know that. They they don't. It
1: was, it was such because the media had such run with the anti-Hummer story and everybody's anti-Hummer at the time, which is funny because Jeep is this beloved brand and Hummer, which was no more fuel efficient than Jeep, no more expensive than Jeep, no more... You know, great, great competitors for each other. I think it's good to have those two competitors in the same space. It, it just got a lot of heat for the wrong things and nobody recognized it. You could get a four-to-one transfer case. You could get 33-inch tires. You can get front and rear lockers. And when I look outside our studio window right now and I'm looking at our Chevy Colorado ZR2, our 2018, there's a lot of the things I appreciated about the Hummer H3T Alpha that's sitting out there in this truck and some more things. When you look at the marketplace and the natural competitor, again, is, isn't necessarily Raptor. The natural competitor is the Tacoma TRD Pro. The chassis is way stiffer. Um, The Chevy engineers have a wider track built into the suspension, not just by wheel offset. It's got a two inch lift. You can get it in two engines. You can get it in the 3.6 gas engine or you can get it in the 2.8 Duramax four cylinder uh, diesel engine.
0: It has. Wait, well, wait, was that pretty special? Talk us through the, uh, the how the diesel came through.
1: Like, so was the
3: diesel was just coming out at the point that we were scoping the program, ah. and, and and that was a no brainer. If we couldn't have both, we really didn't want to do the program at all because really each engine truly lends itself. Each engine excels. Yeah, completely in one different venue personality versus the other. Anytime we had somebody involved with the program that that wanted to blow it off, thought that this was a waste of time, added work that they really didn't want to participate. We'd take them rock crawling. We'd take them out to Yuma on the Saguaro. We'd have them hooked within 10 minutes. I was just going (laughs) to ask you that,
0: Brad, because I knew that somebody in your team, there had to be somebody that or at least around the periphery of your office. It was like, I don't get it. It's a waste of time. Did you have a straight up hater in the office? If
3: there always is, because this this program, as I mentioned at the beginning, was not planned. This was a, a drop in and it, we had an extremely short execution window. We basically had to turn this truck around from a concept to something saleable in 20 months time. Wow.
0: And there's, I mean, based on what, based on what we know about, you know, the automotive industry, that is that's anything under three or four years.
1: Well, think
3: about they, three years. They need to do upper
1: control arms, lower control arms. They need to do the shocks, the tuning. They need to do the transfer case. By the way, the Colorado has an all-wheel drive mode in the transfer case for those going up to the snow and stuff like that, which is really awesome. Nobody else uh, has that in a pickup truck, in a midsize pickup truck.
3: And so you're right. You, we, we had to do all the design and validation in a very brief window. And as a result, you have folks that have a, a lot of other work going on, and suddenly we're kicking in the door and saying, you're coming <laughs> with me.
0: When was the first time that you took some of the, the brass out with you to to ride in either the first Proto, or? and what was that like?
3: Mere six months after we received the first Proto, not a lot of time anybody in the industry knows. They're still pretty rough at that point, uh, and we brought the executive team out.
1: It had the big red button Yuma. on the dash, didn't it? It did. Nah. Wait, what's the big red button? Haven't you seen all the spy photos? Like every engineering mule has that big giant red button on the dash? No. Oh yeah. So look look if you ever see a spy photo, look on the dash. There's a big giant plastic red button up there.
0: And what's it for? What do you mean? It's just it's the, the oh button. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically it's the emergency shutoff for everything, right?
3: Yeah, it, it just kills the master power to everything. Just done. Gotcha, <laughs>
0: interesting, nah, no, I
1: hadn't seen that.
3: We brought them out to Yuma, we had this newly created Saguaro Trail, and you know these guys wanted to see what they bought with their money. Now, to put it in perspective, we built the, the Milford Road Course for millions of dollars, and we had to do environmental studies, and it runs through wetlands that have to be protected, it was an engineering feat. We went to the folks at our Desert Proving Grounds. We said, look, we need a course yesterday.
0: Do you have a bulldozer? Here's, here's 10 bucks and a beer.
3: <laughs> you know, right? Brian basically handed them a notebook with a whole bunch of profiles saying, these are what we need. What do you need? They said, as you did, we need a dozer, an <laughs> operator, and some money for diesel fuel. And for no lie... For less than fifty thousand dollars, we did just that a and six created mile that.
1: course. Yeah, that is badass. By the way, it goes it, down into washes and up hills, and there's rocks and silt and sand, and, and then the uh, the graveyard out there. So that's my favorite part of the what,
0: course. The what? There's a graveyard? Yeah. What do you mean like a real graveyard? Are you talking about a
1: boneyard for <laughs> beaten down trucks? Automotive
3: graveyard. Okay. It's
1: all this stuff yes. that is broken on the uh, on that trail during development is all in this like graveyard area. It's awesome. Like stuff sticking out of the ground and
3: frames and all. Oh, it's so badass. Well, and a, and a few column artifacts from when that was a, a live fire area of the grounds that uh, vehicles that went in and never came out.
1: <laughs> One more question for you, Brad. And this is the definitive answer for everybody who's fighting on the Colorado ZR2 forums. What is the biggest tire size you can fit on it without rubbing? So my only thing I don't, not that I don't like it, but my only thing, critique of the truck so far, it's a little bit under-tired for me personally. I'd like to put a bigger tire if I were to own one. What's, What's on th- it right now? It's a 31, basically, a Goodyear dura track. It's a, it's a 265, I think a 6517, so it works out to be about a 30 and a half. So I'd like a 33 or a 32. Brad, what's what can you fit on there without hitting the firewall and rubbing everything?
3: Well, I, I'd be lying if I did, didn't say that we put the biggest tire that we could per all of our requirements. And they're very conservative so that you never touch, kiss, rub, or have any other issue.
2: This uh, sounds like a lot may... of qualifiers in there. <laughs> <laughs>
3: We made a gallant effort. We tried to get the 33s on. You can run a 33. You just can't do it in a bone stock production form because, you know, we have architectural limits we were working in. There's sheet metal that gets in the way. But I will say this. There are some very smart people out there. I read the forums as of just today. (laughs) Guys are figuring out, hey, a little tap here, a little trim there. And that's really all you need to be able to stuff them in there. And you, you'll be good to go.
0: You just made so, my day. What, yeah. <laughs> when there's a will, there's a way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Dude, Brad, you have a great job. It sounds like it can be stressful from time to time. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but it sounds like you have a really cool job. And we uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us.
3: Oh, my pleasure. I could go on for hours. And I have to say that the, this kind of enthusiasm, what I'm reading and hearing out in the public uh, is everything we ever hope for. So thank you for taking note and enjoying it. And you know, this just helps to to create more product like this. Well, yep.
1: when uh, we know what your title is, and when you have the more product that's like this, that uh, that you're ready to talk about, you call us and we'll uh, we'll have you back on. That's a deal. All right, cool. buddy. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care, guys. All right. Bye. bye.
0: I, you just rattled it off like it's no big deal. It's like a oh, performance variant. And the whole time we're talking to going, "What do they mean by variant?" And because. You think like a variant is just a, a, a tire change or maybe a color change, but a variant. So you've got it's like the a platform. niche model. Yeah, so, so it's the whole model. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you've got the Colorado, but then the ZR2 right. is a like a variant, sub-brand. a sub brand. Yeah. Right, so exactly. it's, it's
1: just like a, uh, a ZR1. Corvette, same so, deal. But, but
0: so for being, he's the variant manager. Mm-hmm. He's not in charge of the Colorado. No. He was in charge of this program. So,
1: right. So he was the uh, ride and handling engineer. So he set up the chassis on the Colorado and the tuning and the f- way that it drives and the way it feels. Mm-hmm. And then he got swept into this awesome little
0: job nugget. And uh, now oversees that. Okay, so I want to get Jordan on the phone now. As you'll recall, maybe some of you will, we spoke to Jordan before the Daytona truck meet. Now, this is a, it was, they took, well, Daytona truck meet started as an actual meetup. Like, I don't know, like a parking lot, meetup. 50, 60 trucks on the beach. You know, outside of Daytona. Right. And then it turned into a part. They got kicked off the beach. And then (laughs) they ended up in a parking lot somewhere. And then the next year was another parking lot. And he says, let's go big with this thing. And so Jordan goes like, all right. He was developing an Instagram following, a pretty big one at that. And then says, let's do something more formal. And then rents the Daytona (laughs) Speedway. Because why not? Because you've all seen the Daytona 500. It's massive. And he rents the inside of it. Right? And and throws this, he's like, let's do it. And Truck he, party. It's crazy. So I want to catch up with him because right, cool. I I think a lot of people figured, you know, it'll be all right. It's like who knows how successful it'll be. It's just it's, you know, it's called a meet. It sounds right. it doesn't sound massive. It sounds like a bunch right? of buddies getting together
1: because what the hell and whoever shows up, well, we're cool with it. But this thing is, Contraire meet. Yeah, for, yes. Right. We gotta go there next year for sure though. No, no, we're let's let's, let's get him on the phone because we're talking about it.
0: Hello, Yo Jordan, Lightning, and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. What's up, brother?
2: What's up, guys? How I'm you doing? Glad you guys are having me back, man. Well, you Fine. know what? I Dude. think
1: you're our first repeat guest, second repeat guest. That's Who what do I we... going to yeah.
2: say? Like I have to be the first one to come back? Wait, I, that's, wait, that's wait. an honor.
1: Who did we have on? Holman? Mike, Mike from Hellwig because he was at Moab. So you're the second repeat guest. So, so really, the reason <laughs> we're calling you is because now we're post Daytona Truck Meet. And uh, we were actually having a conversation and we just want to
0: know how many people went to jail. Yeah, wait, wait, wait don't,
1: answer <laughs> don't answer that. Don't answer that.
0: Don't, don't answer that. We gotta we, we gotta, gotta pl- play your intro. You gotta play your intro well, first.
2: I've got four chrome
0: rims in a steering wheel. I've got four chrome rims in a steering wheel. I've got four chrome rims in a steering wheel. See, because it's Bex where it's at from the 90s. Yeah, events it's,
1: where, where it's where It's, it's where uh, it's at, where it's, it's, at, at, it's at, anyway.
0: I don't know, because it's an event. Yeah, exactly. All right, they figured it out. Our audience isn't that stupid. <laughs> but we are. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Jordan, okay, so Jordan, oh, yeah. we talked to you before Daytona truck meet, and I think no. that um, we were talking about SEMA of the South. We were calling it, we, we were adopting what someone had started in Florida, calling it SEMA of the South, right? And- I guess you had hoped it would be huge. We hoped for you that it would be huge, but we no one really knew. You were hoping for some big numbers. Tell us how many trucks and how many attendees showed up at Daytona Truck Meet.
2: We had about 25,000 people come through oh the gates God. at the show.
1: Oh. Hey, so what do we have to do to buy an ad for the podcast next year? Can we can we do a <laughs> trade-out if we do a live show from uh, Daytona Truck Meet? Will you, uh, will you comp us some ad space? Absolutely. Yeah! <laughs>
0: a lot of people show up, a lot of spectators, a lot of people that don't own trucks, which is which is pretty cool, because that gives you some legitimacy that people are showing up, because it's it's now officially an event. How many show trucks, well, remember, it's air quotes, how many show trucks are uh, on oh, display? Yeah, the,
2: the air quote show truck. So, truck-wise, I know on Saturday we got kind of a hard number around uh, 2,500 in on Saturday. But we had an inflow both on Friday and Sunday as well, so I'm thinking around the 4,000 range came into the show. But into the area, there had to be over 10,000 trucks, man. It was insane.
0: Wow, A. And B, (laughs) why were they in the area circling the venue and not coming in? if They just didn't want to lay out the cash or because it was such a scene around Daytona Speedway?
2: That's just the, the, the destination of the place, man. It's Daytona. Everybody wanna, everybody wants to drive around. They want to hang out. It's, you know, go to the bars. You go, and you, know, you party it up. That's what the whole area is about. And it's uh, getting people out there and having fun.
0: Could you have pulled this off, Jordan, in another location or – is Daytona really the magic? Firestone Speedway in Phoenix.
1: <laughs>
2: like, yeah, it doesn't seem
0: like it, you tapped into some existing magic there.
2: I would say yes and no. Um, uh, yes, being that with the following that is going on right now and how the industry is, people are wanting to, to attend more shows and show off their trucks. So I'm, at, I've been exploring other options to do shows, uh, uh, you know, elsewhere in the country, but... That sounds also, like something no, you say
1: when you're dating. Uh, i exploring, <laughs> exploring other, other options. options,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> I would say Daytona is so unique that, you know, you might not be able to replicate it. That's just how it is.
0: There are no... We talked about this last time you we were on Jordan. There aren't any truck shows of any real scale in Southern California. And I guarantee you there are more trucks here. No, they're not they're different yeah, they're, they're different, different, kinds. different kinds of I trucks. I don't know. About I
2: was... that. we we could argue on that now. <laughs>
3: go well, on. and what you... is the truck capital?
0: Nah. Mm-mm. Texas. Now nah, it's got to be Texas or California.
3: I don't know. They're, they're numbers, both. just yeah. numbers. But
0: but Florida is like the
1: crazy like done up truck. capital. No, it's got to be right.
0: I I, I, I and, concede that. I hear you that. can
1: go to like Off Road Expo in Pomona in fall, then that's a major I- event. But it's not like 2,500 trucks. It's no. like a couple hundred trucks, and it's the off-road market scene, Well, but whatever. that's why I'm
0: bringing it up. Yeah. There is nothing
1: like this yeah. in Southern California. But, but I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I agree with you, but the listener needs to just understand the scale of what 2,500 trucks looks like. Because they'll go, oh, I've, I've been to a truck show in SoCal, and it had a couple. This is and like you've giant, seen, Yeah, you've massive. seen 200 trucks.
0: Exactly. Right. Exactly. So you open the gates Saturday morning, and the trucks start rolling in. The people start rolling in do you panic uh
2: friday morning we actually opened it up we had it open thursday (laughs) for vendors but friday we opened it up and it was it was a good inflow but saturday was four times as big as friday was it was it was a lot of chaos a lot of controlled chaos what i'm
0: hearing what's that jordan had the stress poops
2: <laughs>
0: I don't think he had the stress poops. No. No. Okay. No, I feel like that's... I feel like Jordan doesn't get the stress poops because he eats so poorly and drinks enough that nothing can faze his. Or, or his, he's got an iron. What do you call it, an iron constitution? constitution. Or yeah. that's just
1: his normal. Yeah. Because I'll
0: tell you right now, I get the stress poops.
1: No, I know you do.
0: It's horrible. But no, I just I feel like Jordan. He's made. He's got like like uh, uh, like carbon fiber stomach, stomach, yeah, stomach okay. lining. stomach right. yeah? Am I right, Jordan? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I know my Jordan. Yeah. Oh. All right. So tell me. So you're you're not stressed. This is your first real official major event with with uh you know with with police support, with medical standing by, with like you've got all the right permits, the whole thing. This is a big legit. deal. It is legit. Yes. Right. And so
2: this is, this is uh growing up and saying you know if something messes up, it's on me. I right. hope
0: I hope you have an LLC or something like that. Is that what it
2: is that I protects you?
0: Oh, good man. <laughs> did you have any any fender benders or anything like that? I mean, and by the way, SEMA has fender benders. Oh, remember, yeah. remember when the dude in the jeep yes. ran over the the uh, Liberty Walk? Oh uh, yes. Was it a Lamborghini or a Ferrari? Yeah, I think it was a Lambo. Yeah, oh. yeah. So, yeah, I
2: remember that. Any, but, any uh,
0: anything happened like that?
2: No, no, everything went very smooth. Wow. Um, we did, you know, it was a hot day, so we had we do we did have some people, uh, you know, pass out for heat exhaustion, but.
1: Now, it's, um, because it's Florida, you just left them until the thunderstorm in the afternoon came over and cooled them off, right? It, and, then, it, and then they were fine? Happened. That
2: <laughs> happened on Sunday. It happened. We had a, a thunderstorm come through. It was like a little mini hurricane, and phew, it was out. Five well, minutes gone.
1: And all the people with heat stroke were right back on their feet.
0: <laughs> you know, something that we don't do in Southern California anymore, I think because we're so PC, to be quite honest well, with you. Let's not say
1: We just let's say those people
0: what those people in <laughs> those southern P- California? Yes, yes. you're right you're right let's pretend like we're in Arizona or yeah, somewhere right yeah. so so southern california's <laughs> are such doofuses right they and they they're, they're so pc and so there's no more bikini contests in southern california whop, anywhere whop, at whop. any show there i mean there are a couple here and there They're fringe but like no. you don't see the bikini shows like he was throwing yeah. in florida are people getting offended yes yeah. very offended oh that's sexist and the whole thing and i like it's trucks, you know, and it's what was the reception? I was. It looked like you had a huge crowd.
2: Oh man, did you see the pictures from the bikini contest? Yes. <laughs> yes. No.
0: No. I'm just surmising. Of course, I was looking at those pictures. By the way, that's the I only wanna, reason he was looking at your Instagram. <laughs> Say so it again, to Jordan. Crowd surf. You're a, you're a little on the larger side for someone who should be crowd serving. Although the, the, it was it was packed enough, they could have floated you. You could have oh, stood could up on like you could have gotten like, uh, like uh, um, what's the dude that throws um, the DJ that throws cakes? Uh, what's his name? Yeah, you, know, you could you could. Well, no, I was saying he also has a raft. He'll, he's got a blow up raft and he and he floats around the crowd on a blow up raft. What's his name? Oh, Steve Aoki. So all in all, you're happy with how the event turned out, other than a few sprinkles on on Sunday. It was great, and was it? Did it end up? I'm just dying to know. Financially, is, was it good for you, or or was it like, well, we lost on our first year and we hope to make it back second year?
2: Yeah, we did good enough to you know pay for the next year's show. We want to keep. Keep throwing it, so we're going to put money, invest it back into the show. So
1: you're hearing it first. There'll be a 2019 uh, Daytona Truck Meet.
2: Absolutely, we have been invited back. Now we do have to. That means you behaved yourself. uh, Good job. We do. I mean, we do have to go through some meetings with the city and the county, but um, (laughs) I think it's it's all good. You know, the the track wants us back, um, and uh, it's it's going to happen, man.
1: So, uh, what's the website, and when will it be updated with next year's information? Do you have a date yet?
2: No, we do not have a date yet, and Mm -hmm. it might go. There might be a two-month swing there. It's going to be the same website, DaytonaTruckMeet.com. We are going to get everything kind of hammered out, start putting uh, advertising material out around SEMA, and then January 1st, the website will be open.
0: Now, you said the magic word in that last phrase there, SEMA. Be- because of Daytona Truck Meet, and it was so successful, tell, tell us what happened to you personally.
2: Oh, man. I got nominated for the 35 under 35 at SEMA.
1: Wait for it. Wait for it. And the crowd goes
2: wild.
1: That's actually Thank a live piece of tape from your nomination, wasn't it? Congratulations, yeah, that man! That's was, really cool.
2: That was a shocker. I mean, uh, I guess I've been putting my head to the grindstone as as good as I thought. So hey,
0: it's kind of like a thing for up and comers, right? Like that's so SEMA, awesome. SEMA, like rookie award, right? Right? Yeah. Right? But 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 like this is—I don't think people also understand that SEMA is a a membership-driven organization yeah. that has. Tens of thousands right. of members, tens of thousands. Right. It's not just a couple diesel shop owners. So it's a pretty big deal, I think, uh, to be considered, you know, a huge one of thirty-five dudes, you know, yeah. like a mover and shaker of twenty eighteen.
1: Well, let us know as yeah. soon as you get all your information for next year, and, and let us uh, we'll have you back on so you can talk about, it, especially when you know dates and all that good stuff. Because I think uh, Lightning and I have been talking about it. We would love to get out there and hang out with you guys for the weekend and uh, and do a, do a podcast. Out
0: I'm going to host a bikini contest.
2: How about you judge?
0: I will be happy of course,
2: yeah duh of course sure <laughs> <true laughs> yeah. I mean from your days back with the uh, with the radio Girls station Got Wild Crew you know.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, nah, I can do it I can do it well what <laughs> I am not
1: going to commit to anything at this time on the air
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah 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 your, your daughter and wife are <laughs> probably listening yeah. alright Jordan so that was it it's just a quick hit we appreciate you uh, checking in with us and uh, congrats on the success everything went off without a hitch so that's, uh, that's really cool we're proud of you
1: www.datontruckmeet.com yeah, and uh, same as uh, same on social as well.
2: Yep, correct. And then I also have my uh, truck underscore fever is my truck Instagram that everything started from six years ago. I'm
0: I'm glad you brought that up because we almost you know say goodbye to you without hitting that. So you have you are one of the many that have harnessed the power of Instagram. There's an older set, you know, let's call it 45 plus, Uh that may scroll with the thumb a couple times in Instagram, but don't really get the Instagram thing, right? There's YouTubers that have big audiences that are monetizing it. And then there's Instagrammers that have huge audiences. And your truck fever is one of those spots. We have a couple hundred thousand followers. So your message spreads really, really fast. And that's how this Daytona Truck Meet thing, how did truck fever the Instagram start? How did that channel get off the ground and, and grow so fast
2: it started as a joke honestly I uh, some uh, local friends that I used to hang out with you know used to give me crap for you know being the guy with the lifted truck and then that was when Instagram was really getting going and uh, you know some guys had truck pages out there and my friends joked with me they're like why don't you start a truck page <laughs> okay and then Two months later down the road, I got 10,000 followers, and they're looking at me like, hey, man, can you give me a shout-out? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: what were you, well, Jordan, what were you posting that was going so viral?
2: You know, there's there's posts here and there that just somehow pop out of nowhere, and will get tens of thousands of likes Jeez. out of nowhere. It's just...
0: Were they, are they like the, the, the super redneck posts that like memes, or were they legitimate beautiful show trucks that were getting lots of likes?
2: I did a little bit of everything. I like to post the, the normal old hillbilly trucks. You know, he's proud of it, so I post it. Then I'll find the big money trucks, post them. And uh, some memes here and there to get some laughs and go viral.
1: We're just building rapport with you so that we can go out to uh, hang out your show. We're just sucking costume. ass, dude. We're, yeah. just,
0: we're just kissing ass. Hey, by honest. the way, can we have a shout-out? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> hey, you never know. I might get a wild hair in my head and come fly out to California and show it. in if, the studio. If
0: you want to sit
1: on the casting couch and hang out with us, we will uh, we'll provide the beer and pizza or the wiener schnitzel. And uh, we will just uh, hang out in our hot-as-ball studio and laugh a lot. No, nah, we, 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 we,
0: we got the bars on lockout here. Yeah, for sure.
2: Well, i bet you can't chug faster than me.
0: I can guarantee you that's true. There will be a
1: video.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right, my
0: friend. All right, Jordan, we'll, we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. All
1: right. Thank you. I appreciate yep, it. Later. All right, see ya. All right, what do you think the over-under is on him coming out and hanging out with us?
0: You know what? I bet he would. Yeah, I'm sure he would, too. You know, I bet he would. And, and by the way, because he's going to be out here in... For you're going to Vegas, yeah, for SEMA stuff, yeah. So you you know might, it's, like, it's only it's only a couple hour drive. A lot of guys do do that. They come out for SEMA, and then they just they they get in their truck and they drive all the way. If out If he comes here, then we're obligated to go out there for the show. Like if he I'm comes, going to Daytona Truck Meet anyway.
1: Yeah, because he just got an offer to be the bikini judge.
0: Yeah, but not just that. I mean, he liar. I, I'm so I was, <laughs> I was kind of embellishing. Off Road Expo coming up in in uh, what, uh, late, late October. October? Yeah. They have a bikini deal too, and I am a judge there. Which it's not gratuitous. They're they're actually tastefully dressed. It's not, you know Do you remember back in the day at Havasu where the girls were like, oh, yeah. yeah, you know it was just uh, Yes. It, not just Havasu, it was like South, pa- south Padre Island, it, it was and like I the guess everywhere, south. right? Just everywhere. <laughs> the, the, south. South. It is yeah. the South. It is the yeah. South. It is it's did not matter if you're at
1: Heat Wave, didn't matter if you are at, at Showfest, Fest. It, I mean it, yeah. It just doesn't exist anymore. Not, not except that way. for except for a Jordan's event. All right, what do you say? Uh, time for some inbox? I let me let me think about it. Okay. <laughs> you
3: email yeah i
0: email do it we email that's right everybody email type it up you email proofread i email send it we email click it
2: everybody emails Uh, uh,
0: uh. that's got to be annoying uh, for our listeners uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's not do that all right yeah that's horrible okay sorry but we take that all back (laughs) all right you want to start or am i going to start oh you go all right Okay, uh, we got, uh, let's see, first one from Jack, is this Jack Sandoz? It looks like it. Hold yeah, on. yeah, Jack Sandoz, he's a repeat. Okay, got it, got it. The segment on Legacy Classics was great. I just happened to watch Winslow's appearance on Jay Leno's YouTube channel, showing off his carry-all and power wagon, so I was blown away to hear him on your show. Not sure I could ever imagine ever flogging a truck that costly through the trails, <laughs> but I hope to come across one of these builds out wheeling sometime. Dream truck! Jack. Nice.
1: All right, I got one here from uh, Chris Stoke. He says, I'm really enjoying my weekly Saturday morning lawn
0: mowing session with the Truck Show podcast. <laughs> <laughs> lawn mowing yeah, session? Yeah, I guess that's a thing. I wonder if he's got one of those oh, sit-down lawn mowers? Yeah, like he's yeah, got, yeah, Okay. He says, my wife may be on I it. Want, wait, wait, I want one of those sit-down lawn Oh, they're mowers. fun. They're I was fun. so Because I was too young. My, my grandparents lived in... Uh, uh, Bergenfield, New Jersey. And okay. they had like an acre yeah. or more or whatever. And I was always out there in the wintertime when it was, it was snow. There's, yeah, there's no grass. And, but he, and I would go in the garage and he had this really badass, I don't know yeah. what it was, a John Deere or something. Sure. It was a you know, sit-down. I was like, I always wanted to ride it, never could. Grew up always wanting to drive. So you
1: anyway. may have to go see Chris. I bet he would let you on his He probably toolbar. would, yeah. So he says, my wife may be on to why I'm slow as I'm laughing out loud, pushing the mower back and forth in the hot sun. I guess he's pushing it. No. All right. Well, I was all takes excited about sales. It must be really slow that well, already Listen, big listen. Yard. if you buy one, I'll come out there and uh, <laughs> run it for you. He says, and taking longer than I used to so I can get the full episode in. Although that's 90 minutes, that's a pretty big, it's yard. really <laughs> slow. Dude, get a ride on lawnmower already. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'm learning a lot, especially about the new diesels and the industry guys you interview are insightful. My favorite was the GM guy. Two years ago, I had to sell my 5.9 Mega Cab to pick up an 05 Suburban K2500 that I could better fit my four kids and still tow my 97 Jeep Wrangler on the car hauler. So I'm also GM guy. Guy, but I absolutely love the Cummins I had. You guys are doing great. Thanks for the show. I really appreciate it, and I love a shirt size XXL.
0: Yeah, these are all gonna end with shirt sizes, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah, they are. By the way, ninety minutes to mow. I bet it's a little (laughs) tiny little patchalot. I can hear his wife like, "Are you serious? You're still out there? How many more beers are you gonna drink in the sun? You need water. It's twelve square feet of grass. Shut up! I'm listening to the podcast, Mom. All right, this one is from Oh Chris Martin from Coldplay. Is it again, <laughs> yeah. all right, hi Lightning and Holman. I was surprised and excited to hear my letter read on the show. Yes, well, um, yet another reason that you guys are the best. My shirt size is five XL, <laughs> and my address is as Remember, follows. And he puts it below. He told us that you probably don't have it in my size, and then we challenged him. He just called our bluff. Here's the thing, Chris. I the biggest we had is a two or a 3 XL but I am going to so it won't be on this run yeah. but I will make you a 5 XL. Yeah. So if you're if you're patient, we'll we'll get you a shirt. Absolutely. And god damn it, he's got to be in freaking Canada. He's in St. <laughs> John, Canada. All right, I got one from uh,
1: Cody Smith. He says, "Hey guys, love the Oh, this was Cody last week. So Cody had asked us um if there's anything about the scrambler that we don't know, but we forgot to a- I put this back in the pile. We forgot to tell what our villain trucks are. And oh. so he asked two questions and we only answered the first one." That's right. Yeah. So I have my villain truck. Do you have your villain truck? <sighs> hmm. All right, here. I'll help you. Yeah, you know mine I don't it? know. All right, Knight Rider, right? Yeah. Do you remember the evil Michael Knight that drove the big rig, Garth? No. Yes, Garth Knight. He was Michael Knight, but he had a goatee. Because all villains back in the 80s had a goatee.
0: And it he was, was played by, it was still played by David Hasselhoff. David Hasselhoff. But he had
1: a goatee, and he drove a big rig, and he was like Garth, the evil Knight Rider big rig driver guy. No, I don't yeah, he know. He tried that. to run kid off the road a bunch of times and stuff. But so I'll that. watch anything Hasselhoff
0: is in because he's <laughs> so there's just my, ridiculous. There's my awesome uh there's my awesome uh truck villain. It, I don't know who mine would be. I feel like my Oh, oh, wait. It's the it's um George Lucas did the um I thought you're gonna say large film. marge from no, Pee Wee's no. a big venture. <laughs> okay, you guys are all as soon as I say the word George Lucas, there's people who are saying that right. It's called um It's the big rig that tries, that, that's, hunt, that's haunting the guy. I, do you have internet? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, guys. We're, we're, we're going to take you through this. It's, ah, Duel.
1: I
3: never duel. heard of it.
0: The big rig on Duel. No. Look I, it up right now. All right. Yeah, look at it. Google it right now and say uh, dual Big Rig. And I believe that is George Lucas did Duel. Oh, it might have been Spielberg. I know it's one of those. You there know, it is. As a power player. Right. Um, let's there's see. There's a lot oh, of was a,
1: a the Peterbilt taker from the movie Duel. Yes, apparently it's on a farm near Lincolnton. Uh, Where's Lincolnton? I,
0: uh, That's a made up name. No. Lincolnton. It,
1: it says there's actually stuff about where that truck exists today, right here on the interwebs. Uh, it was a Peterbilt tractor trailer, and uh, I guess it's near Charlotte or something. Let's is see. there
0: on? Is that truck? It's so foggy, but I remember watching that when I was a kid going. You were scared of the truck. Yeah, they did a really great job of personifying Spielberg. It was Spielberg. Spielberg. Really great job of. Um, oh my god, I if what, I what do you find call it when you take an inanimate object and you give it human qualities? It's not yes, humanizing an inanimate no, object. No, 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 it's, I know it's, what you're it's talking something. about. Yeah, we, yeah we're again, not smart enough to. No, burn. we're not. We're not. It, it's <laughs> uh, what you don't personify something. What do you do with it? You're making God look that up. You're humanizing. No, damn you're it. not us- No, read it. Read it. R- look it up. Say humanize inanimate object. Oh, Oh my God. Listen, I'm sorry, guys. We're ruining your podcast. I need to know. Inquiring (laughs) minds need to know. Because
1: you're going to go to sleep, and you're not going to be able to go to sleep because you'll be tossing and turning. I need to know this
0: to humanize an inanimate object. Okay. Anthro- Anthropomor- anthropomorphize, anthropomorph-
1: an- yeah anthropomorphize yeah. Anthrop- Anth- say that 10 times Anthropomorphize, yes yeah. okay
0: all so right. like an anthropomorphic yes yes truck right yes okay right. got it can we move on I was I'm sorry so there's my there's my <laughs> evil my evil truck there you go all right from dual look it up Duel, all right you'll see what I'm talking about this one is uh, from Joseph and Well, probably just from Joseph, but that's the email address. Man, you guys are awesome. I've listened to every podcast you all have put out, and I eagerly wait for the next one each time. Keep up the great job. I especially enjoyed the Steve Sanders from Cummins interview. Oh, yeah, so did we. Uh, Steve's cool. I have an 08-2500 Dodge 67 Cummins that I bought in 2011 with 48,000 miles, and now it has 132,000 miles, and it has all of the emissions control intact and working, and people tell me that my DPF will plug soon. But so far, no problems. Knock on wood. <laughs> I always turn it off as soon as I park so idling won't plug the filter. And I beat on it when I drive so everything stays good and hot. I enjoy the wide range of truck info y'all cover. I See, I'm, I'm he wrote y'all, so I'm yeah, saying y'all. Yeah, right, right, right. I respect any good running truck, but I'm a diehard Cummins fan. So my ears perk up anytime Ram is mentioned. And congratulations on the Nissan sponsorship. Since they offer a Cummins, I am a Titan guy now as well. (laughs) All right. We'll take it. (laughs) Awesome. I'll be looking forward to the next podcast. By the way, my shirt size is large. My address is – okay, got it. And he's from uh, Crawford, uh, what is this, Virginia. Very cool. I appreciate you uh, writing in, Joseph.
1: All right. We got one from uh, Trevor Nemiro. He's written in before, but if you remember, he was the guy that told us the Payway story where Payway gave him a set of seats out of his own stash. Oh, yeah, So he wrote back, and says, I'm just wrapping up the most recent episode, and I was stoked to hear you guys bring up my story to Payway. Thanks for that. I've got a couple weeks off coming up starting in July. If you guys are serious about squeezing into the gross casting couch and suffering through it, I mean, enjoying a live episode, let me know I'm down. Also, the original wagon trail in California that you described sounds freaking awesome. How about a listener gathering trip?
0: I'd love to do that. Keep up the great work, Trevor. Whoa. That's cool. Wait a minute. He's on to something. I know. I was... So do we do, do you and I go on this little trip or do we- do we do we just say hey, we're meeting? We're going to be here in
1: Barstow on this date yeah. and this time. If you want to join us and be part of our, uh, we, so here's the deal. Lightning, I've been talking about doing a recording of the show from the road off roading.
0: I think like we just, do this. That would be kind of fun. Okay, so this one is from David. Like the podcast, it is very informative, but your show jingle sucks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, but he says, but that's why I like the show. Idea interview. Gail Banks from Banks Turbo. Huh. It would be awesome for diesel <laughs> truck fans. By the way, my shirt size is large, David. So, uh, yes, we are going to get Gail. He goes to Jazz Nights yeah. on Tuesdays. <laughs> and what's funny is I actually work for him, and yet I just can't yeah, seem to convince can't get him, him the, to
1: come on my own track. Right. And, and Gail and I have a standing uh, uh, breakfast or lunch every two weeks that we always go to. And, you know, he's just too busy for our podcast. Oh, yeah. Although he keeps asking about it. We I know. Him he's
0: like, him. oh, when you guys are going <laughs> to invite me, we're like, what are you talking Anytime. about? Anytime. It is amazing. And by the way, listen, I, I'm not going to go on some crazy, you know, Gale-like tribute, but <laughs> Banks Power celebrating 60 years in business. Isn't that crazy? 60. And, and by the way, he is involved in
1: every piece of that business to, still today.
0: I know it all too well. <laughs> I know it all too well. He's in my office all the time. So <laughs> he is – so there are a lot of brands out there. There's a lot of really amazing brands. Yeah but you don't know who founded them. Right. And it's kind of like there's a group of engineers maybe that make the stuff. Or you don't know if salesmen. a private
1: equity company bought the name only. Oh, and then there's, there's a, lot of those, a lot of those. A lot of those. A lot of famous names that are no longer associated with the founder. Gale Banks Engineering and G- Banks Power is 100%. That's Gale he and He is family. all in.
0: And by the way, he has people come to him, these investment yep. firms. All the time. One right down the street, actually. Uh-huh. Recently, came. they come to him they're sure. like, we we are gonna buy you. You are going to be kind of the cornerstone of our new business, and we we know you guys have tons of credibility, <laughs> and we're gonna yeah. throw some money at you. And Gail, seriously, he's like, no. It, well, it's interesting because he's like, if you see so much value in what we're doing, then I'm a. I must be doing something right, right? And why? Can't, and I'm smart enough to pull it off myself, right? I don't need your money, right? It's really inspiring, yeah. No, he, he's an he's awesome dude. We will, we will have Gale
1: and
2: on. And I, I got we'll it into – so here's,
0: here's, here's a story that I'd like to tell really quick here. So um, I'm in brand management helping to kind of craft the message of, of Banks Power. And uh, the, the, the current re, kind of revitalizing it, bringing it to a, a younger fan base because Banks has been around for so long. And so I'm doing some interesting stuff like that we haven't done before, and I'm developing a product, and I want a big, I want to blast a big logo on it. So I developed this product. I can't tell you guys what it is, but we're, we're doing this big banks thing, and hey, wait a minute, you make fun of me for disappearing off into
1: the ether and doing my top secret stuff. Now you're gonna go ahead and uh, out top secret me right now? Uh, I mean, maybe. <laughs> okay, I, sorry about that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I can't take my own medicine. So, <laughs> um, I uh, so, so 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 I'm I this thing, and and I want to use I want I'm, I'm using his name. Right, the bank's name to like be a billboard on this part. Okay. And, and it's, and everyone in the office, is like, that is badass. We've always wanted to make this thing. And I know which part it is, right? I know you okay. do. Okay. And, and it's, and so it, the thing I'm making is it's quasi decorative, okay? It, it serves. But a, it's also functional. It's absolutely yeah. functional, and and, and I'm thinking. so I go to the mechanical engineering department, and I and I, and they love the idea, and we do. And so we do one, and they start. It, they develop it in SolidWorks, and they do some research, and they find out what all the competitors do. With the whole thing, and then um, and then they start 3D printing one. It's a big part, and we're in an office in the EE, e, the electrical engineering. Um, office and I'm meeting with some of those guys and in walks Gail and he's got his um he's got the the three D half of this object because it prints in sections. Right, right. Right. And then and the engineers have to glue it together sure. to make the whole model. Yeah. But it, it had printed and it took like eighteen hours to print just this one piece. <laughs> oh my God. And he walks in and he goes, Who authorized this? <laughs> and we're like and I and I, and I, I, I just, did everybody in the room look at you and go, not it. <laughs> I I, no, I answered so fast that I I was taking the bullet. Yeah. And I go, I did because I want to fast-track this. This is going to be really good for the business. And we want the branding, and we got to have this out for SEMA. The blah, 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 blah. Were you talking past the sale at that point? Or mm-hmm. are you still trying to convince him at that point? Um, I tried to give him the backstory and why okay. why I was fast-tracking this and why he did He knew about the project, sure, I didn't David. go around him. He was yeah. just like, but I I did fast-track. Yeah. And he's like, you guys don't know shit <laughs> about fluid dynamics. You guys don't know <laughs> about this and this and that, and he was awesome he was so f- fired up and he wasn't like good job it looks beautiful because it did it looked yeah. badass yeah. but he's like i'm not putting my name on this thing because i can tell you it's not going to perform up to what my standards would be Yep. and then he proceeds to take his arm and wipe the white the whiteboard that had all these notes on it he goes he looks at us like he looks at us for a, a fraction of a second, like, be prepared. I hope this isn't important information <laughs> yeah, on pull this up whiteboard. the swipe <laughs> yeah, board. Yeah. And he's like, whoosh. <laughs> All these you know, algorithms or whatever these guys are working <laughs> on are like straight, Whoop. And he goes, this is what I'm talking about. And he starts drawing this part.
2: Yeah.
0: And. And I'm thinking, oh no, it's gonna be just like total performance part, and it won't look pretty and yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. thing. And he draws it and I'm thinking the whole time I'm like, all right, he's such a mechanical engineer. Yeah. Like it's gonna just be all utility all engineer, and no, no and no pretty yeah, and the whole right. thing. And he draws it and I'm thinking uh. and then give him like a few minutes later, it's <laughs> gorgeous. It's 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 exactly what what we should have designed the first time. Yeah. And he was so passionate about it, and he's talking about again the way the fluids would move right. through this part, right. and and then and he's like, I get it. It's the it's design. It's all the, all the automotive manufacturers have always dealt right. with this. It's the design department versus, versus the mechanical the engineers, yeah. right? And you want it to go fast, but it has to look good. The whole thing, and so like they're always battling. And he and he gets it because he's done it for sixty years. But yeah. I'm new to it. And it was just fascinating to see, fascinating to see that happen to, in real time. You got to see him work, right? You got to see him in his element. But but it wasn't it wasn't a company that's like, okay, it's good enough, rubber right. stamp, send no. it out the door. No, he's yeah. like, no. This needs to be right. No. My name. He's like, if if this is not better yeah. than what's on the market, We're not doing you it. do not have my approval. Yep. It was it was a really cool moment. I thought I was getting fired for like a half a second, <laughs> but it was a really no, cool he, moment.
1: He needs you. He, I, I, I talked to him. He's like, oh, man. Jay. Lightning yeah. is uh, man. That guy's so full of energy, and he, he's, it's been awesome. So no, you're you're. I you're I, safe I, for, I couldn't live for, for a little more. while.
0: I mean, he's he's running me ragged, but man, I, I couldn't. He's so passionate. All right, enough about All right. Gail Banks. We're gonna have him so in on the show.
1: We've got uh we got Jake Pierce. Hello from Indiana. Says hey guys, just found your podcast thanks to Mike Finnegan, and I am hooked. I listened to the episode with him in it, and had to start from episode one. I'm now on episode nine. I'm loving every minute of it. It's now my go to on my commute to work every day. Speaking of work, something you might find interesting about my job is we actually make the steel that goes into the frames of the new 19 Ram trucks, as well as the JL Wranglers. We also make steel for many GM products as well. We're a steel mill in the middle of a cornfield in Indiana, away from everything. I've done everything from help melt the steel to move the coils out of the mill onto the railroad. But I just wanted to thank you guys for a great show, and you have a lifetime listener. I also just bought my first truck four weeks ago, a 2018 Ram 1500, which I love. Thanks again. Keep up the great work. That's from Jake. That is that's the, awesome, dude, right?
0: That, a kind of a kind of an unsung hero, right? And B, right. like he's the Heartland man. Dude. He is the freaking Heartland. Dude, absolutely. And that isn't that interesting that like he. Is ground no, not not ground zero, but the very but sense, first right? stage, yeah, the right. very first stage of the truck. And he like, just and he just got his first truck. Yeah, right. It's full circle. Yeah, good for him, man. Yeah, right yeah, on, Jay. Yeah, we appreciate cool. that. All right, this one is from uh, Kareem, and the subject line is "Tiny Homes in Earlier Episode: Why Build on a Trailer?" And his uh, email goes on to
1: ask, "Well, if you guys remember, I was bitching about tiny houses and how I think they're stupid. And the concept's solid. If you're gonna put on a foundation, I'm totally on board. But why are you putting a freaking house built on a trailer when you just go get an airstream with probably way better value? And and your roof isn't gonna fly off at freeway speeds. Where did you see? Were stuff. you
0: up in Portland or somewhere? Yeah, Is
1: Colorado. I think it's Denver. Denver, it. or maybe saw Portland. It? I've seen him in both places. But I just I see him on on that stupid TV show and these people who own a Subaru. They're like, like, I want you know, tiny living.' I want- I really want 425 square foot house. And so the realtor takes them to the builder and they're like, we have this great house. We think you'll really like it. It's 450 square feet. She's like, I was really hoping for 425. And then after they buy the house, they're like, uh, well, can my Subaru tow it? And they're like, no, you need a 3 quarter, t- or you need a one-ton truck. And they're like, what? <laughs> you know. Anyway, that's Comedy. my beef about So he says,
0: says, why people build on a trailer instead of in, of in one place. Um, the vast majority of municipalities – In order to lock in tax revenues, have mandatory minimum square footage requirements for new homes. The easy legal loophole is to get a trailer. Uh, Most campers aren't built for long term living, so people build the home they want on a largish trailer to avoid the hassle. Oh, interesting. interesting. Oh, all right. All right. I, I will go with that. I appreciate the uh, the insight, Kareem, and he wants a double XL. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've got one here from uh, Jason Nether says, Hey, love the podcast. It was great to find a truck-based podcast with great content. Well, I'm a former mini-trucker from Ohio and used to go to all the shows I could through the 90s and was blown away getting to hear about some of the stories from Mike Finnegan. And the others about some of the events and builds from back then.
0: He had some really good stories. Dude, they
1: were awesome. That was a great episode. We got to have him back on. We will. I'll I'll find out when he's back in L.A. and see if he can come come to the studio because that would be great. Uh, So Jason continues. I'm currently a diesel truck enthusiast and was wanting to mention a couple of things you mentioned in the diesel episode. The main thing being deletes and the reason to do or not to do them. I have a deleted 2012 Cummins, but not to blow smoke or be obnoxious, which I agree is bad for all diesel truck enthusiasts. My main reason was for sound. The new diesel trucks are extremely Hmm. quiet and offer nothing performance sounding without deleting. Anybody into performance, trucks, cars, motorcycles, or anything wants to sound awesome, not like a sewing machine. My truck wouldn't even blow smoke even if I wanted it to with a full delete of emissions. I ran a relatively stock tune just to get decent sound and some performance, I think, longevity out of the truck. Currently have a 2016 Cummins with plans to delete soon with a single mild tune. Can't wait to hear more, especially about diesels and mini trucking. Loved hearing from the gentleman from Cummins, Steve Sanders, and Ford about diesels. Keep up the good work. Oh, and I'm a size XL. Thanks, Jason. (laughs) I'm blown away by the whole mini trucker to diesel truck. I mean, you couldn't have more polar opposite things in truck them, right? A slam mini truck and a lifted diesel truck. Listen, that's pretty cool. We've talked about this before,
0: and I have always wanted to own. A lower truck didn't get the opportunity because yeah. I couldn't afford them when I was when I was young. I had yeah. to. I wanted a Toyota, I couldn't afford it, so I ended up getting a little used Honda Accord. Uh, slammed that thing! But I always always kind of worship my buddies with with whether it's the hard bodies or whatever yeah. back in the eighties. Um, and then so I get older, and as soon as they start working at the radio station at K Rock here in L A, it, it was kind of like the punk rock station. Yeah. And the morning show, Kevin and Bean, that I were working with, they didn't. They were from Arizona and didn't get l- did not get lifted or lowered. Yeah. But lowered, that was just, that they didn't, why ruin the functionality of a truck, the right. whole thing? Right. And so that became like, they knew I liked trucks, and they were always like, Lightning loves lower trucks. Or it was just always making fun of me for yeah. that. And I never owned one. I went on to um, have a lifted truck, but I <laughs> never ended up getting a lower truck. But I mark my words, I'm going to be a 60-year-old dude someday with a hey. slammed, Freaking dueling! I've never owned a lower truck until
1: now, and I've got my '67 F100. But that it's is not currently... low
0: enough. It's cool. Yeah. I love your bump side, but it's not. It's not low enough. But
1: I want it. I've only low. I've we talked about being in the import scene, the the you know Civics and stuff, and I had a Civic Si that was that was lowered back in the day. That was my lowered car. They got tired of going over speed bumps sideways and stuff like that. So for me, I went back to trucks. But, and But that's airbags
0: is a whole new thing. Yeah. And we talked to Bobby from Sadistic Ironworks uh, here in Southern California, and I know that now with today's airbag technology, it will ride stock yeah, you can kinda, or, have, you or maybe can have even it better all. than stock. Yeah. You can have it all yeah. for sure. And I want – and I'm lusting after – that frame that you guys put on the cover of Truckin' about a year ago mm. that Little Shop Manufacturing yeah. made, I bu- I'm pretty sure Little Shop. Yeah, I think so. And it was gorgeous. And they don't make those anymore. It was kind of a one-off. Yeah. Now they're into like a parts manufacturing. They've gotten out of like the custom frame building business. But you still have a Roadster Shop. I, uh. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I can afford Roadster Shop. Yeah. I just don't. It's so high-end. I know it is. It's, it's so freaking high-end, but it's, it's jewelry. It's amazing in it performance, but, but I just want, I want that frame. Well, if you ever get rid of the big truck, the rock crusher, is
1: your next truck going to be something lowered, something slammed? I'm thinking about- Or do you just take everything off that truck and you make that your lowered truck? No.
0: You know what's funny is I actually did think about it. It was four-wheel drive. Though, so It's so of Yeah, I know you can do it, but- so, mm.
1: Do you have the all-wheel drive transfer case or just high and low? All-wheel. So you could—that would be great for snow and all yeah, that kind of stuff and rain. I, I and, could
0: do that. I think what I'm going to end up doing is I'm going to sell the rock crusher. Um, and by the way, if you guys have seen the rock crusher, it's R O Q. Yeah, R O Q rock crusher on uh, Instagram. Uh, it's going to be for sale soon. I got to pull the wrap off. I think yeah. people can't. It's a little too flashy for a lot of people. Yeah. You know, my friends in Texas are like, "Oh, that's a badass wrap," but I couldn't, but, I couldn't yeah, see myself here, in it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's red chrome and yeah, <laughs> yeah the whole it's thing. It's crazy. It's got a crazy roof rack and stainless steel bumper, stuff you've never seen. I, yeah. I, I can, it's I very it cool. It's, it's yeah. an
1: awesome truck. But I'm curious, what your next, what your next. So what
0: I'm thinking be- about doing is, is, I'm toying with getting, and oh, it'll be another diesel. As much as I love the Colorado, and I, I'm, I'm really excited for you to take me out in this yeah, Colorado. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a diesel. It's going to, it's probably this is going to freak you out. All right. It is either going to be the D Max. It's either going to be, a, you know, okay. a, a 2500 yeah. HD. Yeah. Um, Four wheel drive, okay, or it will be the Ford, the the six seven. I, I don't believe you. I, I know you don't believe no, me.
1: No, you're lying. You're lying to my face. Okay, you're lying bastard face right yeah.
0: now. Yeah. Now I'm the reason I'm still leaning at the D Max yeah. is because I want to take it to Ryan at kibitech Tech. Yeah. I want him to build me a mid travel. Okay. And I'm gonna drop it down. What happens to your lower crazy tool to stance?
1: Lowered uh, truck.
0: I think it's- That's your retirement truck and I you're still not- I think it's, that's when I move out to Lake Havasu. Okay, all right. But right now I'm still in Southern California. I think I still do some off-road time. All right. And, um, and because I, I feel like- I just want to know what the cost is going to be for you personally
1: with Kibby making fun of you every single day your truck is in a shop. Um, You'll be on his Instagram stories by the minute, and yeah. he will just clown you until you- But
0: will he clown me if he's building a really badass truck? Yes. So I was up, you, if you guys listen to the uh, Ryan Kibbe, the Kibbe Tech episode, he's kind of the Jesse James of the off-road industry, right? He just says, says what he feels, and he's got that, out, atla- not outlandish, but like he's just just honest. Jack, right? and, and he loves jackassery. And, and by the way, his craftsmanship is- Beautiful. Unbelievable. I was up at a shop last Friday. I was headed up to Santa Barbara. And so I had to go by Newbury Park. And he's literally right off the freeway. Stop by. And he's got a Colorado he's working on. And it nice. is off the chain, dude. It is absolutely next level. That's not it's interesting. That's not the one he's most proud of, though. He's working on a new Chevy. I think it's a two thousand like two okay. Chevy truck. And the the tubular work on this thing is I've never seen anything like it. I have never and I've seen a lot of trophy trucks oh, yeah, yeah. naked, the whole thing. Yeah. This is Next level. Yeah, good for him. It's really, really neat. So I'm, I'm kind of like I was inspired recently by that look. Yeah. You know, I want it squatty yeah. and wide.
1: I should show you pictures of my old Ranger back in the day where it's landing and it's just
0: super squatty. But here's the thing, I've always liked the dude that's sleeved in tattoos, and he's got a brand new Rolex. You know, <laughs> so and it's in his arms out the window because it's like, f you, but yeah. I made it. Yeah, right. F you, but I made it. Yeah. And my kind of f you, but I made it is buying. A 2019 or 2020 diesel and then pulling off the whole front end and going goodbye warranty I'm out on my own I'm hanging <laughs> out on it. my own right that's it and so you pull off the front end and and you just let them go to town cuz guys are rolling in with their trucks with 200 miles on it and and and, and guys like kibby are just pulling it apart yep hacksaw the whole thing and you go goodbye yeah, I remember when warranty. I did my
1: Wrangler back in uh, 2011 I bought it as a 2012 in October and in November we pulled it apart and started putting axles and all sorts of you know lifting it and it was just like well, that's why I bought it you know I, it was stock for a week and it had 321 gears in it and I got like 23 miles per gallon driving home I'm like I'll never see that again yeah. <laughs> here come the
0: 37 it's it's the 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 fear and anxiety I will feel <laughs> eh. You know, because yeah. you're like, if I screw to this put up, on big boy pants. if I screw this up, it's an $80,000 paperweight. Yes, it you know? is. Well, I know what paperweights <laughs> feel like. <laughs> uh,
1: so in the in the vein of road tripping, we talked about my daughter and I going on a road trip. You talked about your trip up to Santa Barbara. Uh, Chris Paul writes us this great email, and I, I wanted to read this because I think it sets up some emails in the future and some story uh, show ideas, right? So he says, hey, guys, love the show and hope you could share this on the air. My buddy Kyle recently traded his 92 4x4 Toyota pickup for a 2000 GMT-400 with a 454 and 4L-80E. He wanted it to be a tow rig, but was unsure if it was a good move. Putting it to the test after basic tune-up, we hopped in to embark on an epic road trip starting in California, towing my solid axle-swapped Hummer H3 to Ultimate Adventure 2018, which UA is going on right now. So these guys are listening, and they're on their way, which is really cool. He says, the whole setup weighed in just under 17,000 pounds, and we're happy to report that this ex-DWP workhorse is getting the job done. We're currently staring at an offset steering wheel as we cross Missouri. Having just bought an old trailer and untested tow rig, we've overcome issues with the transmission and trailer brakes already, all while the podcast has kept spirits high. Do you guys have any stories of breaking down with a truck and trailer far from home? P.S. Gas mileage is way better than what the people on the Internet said it should be. Keep up the good work. Shirt sizes, XL and L. Chris and Kyle. (laughs) You know, but I think that's an awesome, you know, I think that's an awesome angle is, I want to hear people's breakdown stories. And if you have a really good one and you want to email us, maybe with your contact information, maybe we'll call some of our listeners and have them on the air and talk about some of the awesome uh, stories and how they survived. I know I have a few. I'm sure you
0: have a few. Uh, it would be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got more than I do. I haven't had a whole lot of breakdowns. I had um in my, my O2, the one that you helped me build yeah, over yeah. at Sean's shop, right? Yeah, well, and you that's the one you had the Bassani exhaust on and everything, yes, right? Yes, yeah. right, right, right. So that was at a Vortex supercharge. So this is an 2 03, it was the first 03 four wheel drive yep. in, the, in the new body. White 1500 or 2500? It was a 2500, 2500 HD, yeah. So I wanted the eight liter. Yeah. And they, could, they couldn't get it done first in the time that I needed to build it for SEMA. Right. And I ended up getting the, it was a six, six liter, liter, right? A yep. six liter gas. And the guys at Vortec hooked me up and we put a supercharger yep. on it. And I think I was getting seven miles a gallon. Oh my God. And I'm not joking, dude. Oh, we did the whole thing intercooler all that stuff. And wow. so we we're it, it drank gas so fast and it had because it was a short bill. Well, it wasn't a short bill, it was a regular box. Yeah. And it went through gas so fast that going from my house in Long Beach up to um to K Rock, which is in, in LA. Yeah, West LA. West LA. Yeah. It's a long stretch over La Siena. With a lot of traffic. With a lot of traffic. And I ran out of gas on La Cienica no three times. Going from home to, to work? Uh actually always on the way home. Okay, so that's about a home. what,
1: a sixty mile round trip or something like that? Correct. It's almost yeah. exactly sixty yeah.
0: miles. Yeah. And um I would oh there was a gas station on the other side of this hill. So I'd try and get up oh. the hill and then coast oh over. God. And twice I got just just to oh. the oil fields at the top, yeah, and right. couldn't get over the side, and I had to call AAA. Yeah. And the second time, it was the same dude that came out. He's like, "Really?" That's Again? like Baldwin Hills area, right? That's exactly yeah. where it is. Yeah. And uh, it's the Black Beverly Hills, yeah, by the right. way. <laughs> and so I is it twenty four gallon gas tank that I was just burning through, and I was doing super unleaded as well because so it was supercharged. Seven,
1: yeah, so seven times twenty. Yeah, that's not good range. Horrible. Wow. Horrible, horrible.
0: And by the way, so I would I would hit the throttle. And the mileage would go to zero. Can you can it you actually see, see, you know, see your instant, needle
1: moving, your fuel tank? Uh, yes,
0: <laughs> yes. Wow. So when I would go to Havasu or I would go oh, anywhere long distance, misery. you could actually watch it, and you had to plan, oh. and I had to take gas cans. <laughs> and that's before titan tanks may yeah, have right. been around yeah. but they but might have been in their infancy
1: probably in bed tanks and stuff not the direct replacement i wasn't gonna bed. put one
0: yeah. in my bed yeah. exactly yeah. now i can't live without it i've got it i've got a hundred gallons of diesel on board yeah well, so i good. can go no I can, range can, anxiety i No, yeah. nothing yeah. so even yeah. even with my lift and the big yeah. tires and the and my, my truck weighs ten thousand one hundred pounds yeah it's no problem do you, problem feel, do you fill up at the airport or the boat dock
1: <laughs> do you I have a giant up, truck that drives next to you and fills you
0: up One, you you know i fill up where the big rigs go yeah wherever the oh, big rigs go it's going to be the cheapest gas so i yeah. go down to the port of long beach yeah and then i'll go and then i'll fill up out in, uh, in arizona or something oh well i fill up in arizona yeah. cheaper it's anyway cheaper, and yeah. exactly and so yeah
1: so i want to read two more things real quick it's just uh our reviews man we're up to over 111 reviews 106 five star man we Really appreciate everybody who's checked in, and we've got two more this week to read. Uh, one from Cummins Man. He says, love the show. Great, unbiased, informative information about the truck world. I
0: enjoy a wide range of coverage from off-road to mini trucks. Keep up the awesome show. And then We more... need to do more Cummins. I mean, oh, absolutely. the Cummins guys, there's guys with bow tie tattoos. Yeah, and the Cummins the... guys are like, hold it. Their... It's a whole nother, nother level. Did I tell
1: you that uh, Steve Sanders bought me Cummins socks? Yes, you did. Yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> I should wear them on one of our uh, next our next. Well, it would be podcast. funny if I
0: tracked some down and yeah. I wore them in. Yeah, we we yeah, should uh,
1: – we got to get Steve out here, but we can have Steve back on because he was just an awesome guest He anyway. was, a,
0: yeah, yeah. And to go inside comments, such a oh, such a storied
1: brand. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Anyway, and then we've got one uh, from Jman6716, great for truck enthusiasts. He just says, awesome. Five star! <laughs> yeah, yeah! Five nice. All right. So we appreciate everybody checking in, and uh, if you want to catch up with us on the socials at Truck Show Podcast, or send us an email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. For those
2: seeking a monitor, only <laughs> the brand new GTX Watchdog is now available for Dodge Cummins, and has a full five-inch color display with a captive touch. It's quick to start, and magnetic mount allows you effortlessly mount tur-
0: That's your favorite thing ever, isn't it? You didn't expect me to get through a show without parameters, (laughs) did you? Come on now. Hey, before we uh, wrap up, we got to give a big thanks to Nissan.
1: Yes, our presenting sponsor.
0: Because the Titan is awesome, and you guys should head to your local Nissan dealer and check it out. Because there's a lot more than you expect in the Nissan Titan. You really do. I mean, it's way more truck than you should get for your money. Alright for you guys on Android phones Google Podcast app Try the Google Podcast app And be sure to give us five freaking stars And don't forget to subscribe Yes, do it, subscribe The Truck Show The Truck Show The Truck Show And tell your friends Yeah, no Definitely, definitely tell friends Tell your mom? No Tell your mom's friends no. Tell your friends friends? Yeah, your friends friends, but not your mom's friends. Your dad's friends? Nah, your dad's cranky. Hmm.
1: Your grandpa's cranky. I th- what about that cool uncle everybody has? Think he's in podcasting? I
3: don't want to go around him. He might touch me. <laughs> <laughs>